2: Hi, welcome to The Shift. Dez here, back in New York City. And uh, myself and Katie recorded an episode yesterday in my car, outside her apartment. Her flatmate was busy doing the cleaning, so we went in my car, which is a fine place to record. And this episode, it, it was kind of a little bit inspired by uh the Esther Perel TED talk that Joanne McNally had mentioned last week. I told Katie to have a listen, and uh we were gonna sort of chat about some of the themes that came up in that, which we did a bit, but it led us on to uh perhaps something a bit more personal, uh particularly for katie and uh so we explored that a bit so this episode is a quick intro into. My Love Island obsession, and my sadness for Katie, to not have been able to really be a part of the Love Island experience. Then we talk a bit about uh, desire, uh, the 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 things that came up in the TED talk about trying to maintain desire in a in a long term relationship, um, which actually neither of us are experts on, so it wasn't a surprise that we we drifted off the topic, and then uh, we get into some stuff about therapy and well-being and mental health. So really this is like a mental health episode, I think. Certainly it's a um it's a uh looking you know tr- finding the best ways to love yourself and not being afraid to tackle uh anything that might be hidden inside you that's holding you back and uh and that's that the love for mora begins it but the love for ourselves ends it chatty after i feel like <laughs> i feel like you uh you missed out a little bit uh not by not being in ireland with me but just like you missed out on the whole little island thing you know
0: i know and you know what that um girl who's a fan of Remy's when Remy Remy said that there yeah. was a woman she sent me the Dropbox link too but I never got a chance to to watch it I kind of was like missing anyway so I missed well, it well me and
2: Remy are best friends now because of Love I Island, know because of Love Island yeah. <laughs> and uh, when I was back in Ireland I was properly able to engage in it for the final week and yeah I feel like it's a pity really that you weren't able to uh engage in that too because more Maura Higgins is now, like, an Irish phenomenon, and you're, like, kind of oblivious to that.
0: Yeah, a little. I did go on her Instagram page, though. Yeah? I think you tagged her in something, there, and I kicked onto it. And? She's so pretty.
2: Very pretty. Yeah. But you don't know about her as the individual. No. Well, see, this is a problem,
0: Katie. I'm sorry. I'll go back in time and Well, you're doing it. an
2: Irish sex and dating podcast, and the most important <laughs> Irish sexual being right now is Maura Higgins. And you're not part of that.
0: I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll go home right now and catch up. On. You're home. We're <laughs>
2: across the street from your apartment in my car. <laughs> yeah. We're sitting in my car across the street from your apartment. So this last week and a half, you haven't said, oh, my God, I need to get to know the, the, the phenomenon that is Maura Higgins. You, um, th- that, that well, th- I
0: went on her Instagram.
2: I know, but like that was like one event. I mean, this is a major.
0: I've been watching Outlander. Did you just brush your teeth? Yeah. No, I didn't. That's my lip balm.
2: All oh, right, because yeah, really I'm really minty. I, I'm drink. I'm I'm having coffee. I feel like I'm not fresh, and suddenly I'm I'm very aware <laughs> of your freshness, and it's. Uh, it's, that's, it's good <laughs> that's, that's good
0: to know because, that's just good to know because I just I like this lip balm because I think oh you know if I were ever to randomly kiss anybody I'll taste minty.
2: Well, certainly maybe the initial, overly minty. No, the initial feeling will be mint. It was like oh she's so fresh, and then oh, you stick the tongue yeah. and you're like wow this fucking bitch <laughs> just had some garlic. Yeah. Anyway, just just quickly on the the love island thing I yeah uh, I, I got into it and then I I didn't mean it to happen but I started doing these you know these like videos on my Instagram and they they really they really took off and then I put one I just put like a quick a few of them together I put it up on Instagram and then on my Facebook and with enough it's really like taken off on my Facebook I wasn't really paying attention but this morning I noticed that three days ago Maura Higgins father had messaged me to say Des, this is really funny, and that's from the father. And then I made sure that it was genuinely him, um, and it's Mr. Higgins. That's so nice. Mr. Higgins messaged me.
0: Ah, oh, that's he's probably delighted. Yeah, and probably it's a pity fan. that
2: Curtis is my friend. So you know that he's she was paired up with Curtis. Okay, and did she like him? No, they're they, they're they're together. Okay, they're they're officially a couple. I
0: think uh, so in real life too.
2: Yeah, that's Love Island. Love <laughs> Island is real. It's reality <laughs> yeah, well, TV. You
0: know, you never know, really.
2: Well, like, see, you don't know because you don't watch it, so you're not really. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like I
0: love love, so I should I should watch
2: that. Yeah, I would love a- it. It's almost like you don't exist. I know. You know, it's almost. I know.
0: Like I feel left out with my Irish girl group WhatsApp exactly. because we're talking about stuff, and exactly. I'm like, Who's this?" Even my stepmom, when I called her, she was talking about Maura. She loves Maura. So
2: yeah, so you've missed out on that anyway. Uh, Curtis is my buddy from Dancing with the Stars, and that's her boyfriend now because that's like an official thing that happens on Love Island. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna step on his toes. Mm-hmm. However, I've already got the approval of the fall. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: you've the approval of me. She's a Longford woman, right?
2: She's from Longford. That's yeah. where
0: my family all live now.
2: Well, they all live in Longford.
0: I'm from Gildare, but they moved to Longford. My sister's growing up with a big Longford accent.
2: Well, that was the joke that kind of... I'm not going to say it went viral, but... It got, like, 100,000 views on Facebook, like, quite quickly. And uh, the joke was, I was saying, like, oh, my God, Maura, like, I, I, I'd do anything for you. I said, I'd live in Longford for Oh, you. my God. <laughs> that's a huge sacrifice. That's a huge sacrifice.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what my stepmom did for my dad. And I was like, wow, she must really love that's him. That's huge. Yeah, yeah it's going to last and, forever. Uh,
2: so that was one of my jokes back in the day. Because, I, I, you know, I, I would always just, y- you just pick a place, right? There's actually nothing wrong with Longford, per se. Yeah, but I had to, lived there. I had to pick, like, a... I had to pick like a Midlands town. So I always pick Longford because probably one of the most annoying nights of my career after I got well-known in Ireland was a show at the Longford Arms Hotel. won't get into the boring details. But I picked Longford. But the joke was that Longford is so backward that they watch Reeling in the Years and they think it's the news. Oh, that's great. I love right, that. Which means nothing to our American <laughs> listeners. but yeah. To our Irish listeners, that's a good joke. So I always pick Longford. But in actual fact, you, you could say that about, about any place. But Longford is not officially on my my top 10 list in Ireland. However, I would live in Longford for Maura. But I don't think that Maura is long for Longford. I think she'll be moving on to bigger and better things. I think she's going to be a huge star.
0: Yeah, she is. That's amazing. Mm. I lived in Longford for a little while. Did you know that they tried to do a Facebook group of voting Longford off as a county?
2: But that's ridiculous. It's funny though. a silly thing. I know,
0: but it's funny. (laughs) Like, of all the places they pick Longford.
2: So, anyway... Um, She will.
0: She'll be a big star. And I'll re-watch...
2: I'll it's fine you missed out it was fun you know it's like it's a silly thing you didn't listen to the uh, the end of the uh, two weeks ago when I did a little extra thing at the end of your Instagram stories no I did you don't you don't listen well of course you don't listen back to that because you were on it but when I put up the uh, oh
0: I didn't know
2: yes when I put up that episode at the end I did a little little PS yeah about Love Island so you're really not up to date. You're not even no. You're not even on top of the Love Island stuff that's happening on your own podcast. No. On your own podcast, Katie. You are not listening to my Love Island recap.
0: I feel like I'm out of it with lots of stuff. Like I just started watching Outlander. And when I said it to people, they were like, oh, that's from ages ago. Everybody oh, yeah, was watching but it.
2: I'm, I mean, Outlander is not. a I mean, I've never watched Outlander. You oh, I mean, should. Is it good?
0: Yes. There's a very sexy Scottish man in it.
2: Euphoria. Everybody's telling me to watch. I
0: know. I need to watch that as well. See, there's just too much. We just don't have the time.
2: Well, there's, yeah, definitely not the time when you're going back to like Outlander. I know.
0: Right? <laughs> and I still have four more seasons. So,
2: but it was good. You know, it was good being back in Ireland. It was good to get a gauge on the pocket. I, I mentioned we, we had a big jump in numbers, by the way.
0: Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, I saw on the charts.
2: Yeah. Well, we really had a big jump on the charts in Ireland. That's for sure. But I can see it in the numbers too. So we had a big jump. Long may it last. You know. I think it was a mixture of. Uh, we had some good guests. Our numbers... Before I went back to Ireland, we had a little percentage jump of listeners from America. Then when I got to Ireland, our Irish percentage jumped. But either way, we've had a, a, a decent-sized boost. So we have to keep it up now. Big, fucking fo- big drive forward now, yeah. Katie. Fucking... We have to fucking make the most of it now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Great. So today... So what happened was last week I chatted to Joanne McNally, which was kind of like... We needed an episode and I was away. And Joanne mentioned uh, Esther Perel. Yeah. Right? So we both had a we both had to listen to the, the clip that Joanne was talking about. But what was really um what was really interesting was the, th- this woman that I know, like a friend of mine, who listens to the podcast, but she's not a friend through the podcast. She's just a friend when Joanne McNally mentioned Esther Perel and I was like, oh no, I don't know about that. She was like, I fucking told you to listen to that fucking months <laughs> ago. How can you have a sex and dating podcast and not know who Esther Perel is? So you didn't know who Esther Perel was, right? I had no right. idea. Yeah, I, I didn't know. And uh, obviously it's viewed like three million times. So we're a bit late to the party. But, I, you know, I thought she mentioned some interesting points. So let's, you know, let's, uh, let's chat about that. Like, you know, you need to chat about stuff. And I thought this is pretty, this is pretty deep, pretty meaningful and it had been mentioned the week before, so it's kind of a follow on.
0: Yeah. Well, she said, um, what we expect from our partner now is what a village used to give you. Which is I like really that good. when she
2: said that. What we expect to get, what an entire an entire community would provide. And
0: that is true. You know, where you're like, I want them to be my best friend, but I want them to do this, I want them to do that. And I do. Th- like, I got accused when I was in my long, t- like, and it's not that long, it was only three years, but of emotionally mm-hmm. cheating because I had, like, a male best friend. And now listening to this, I'm emotionally like, Emotionally cheating. Yeah. Because I would go out for drinks with the male best friend and talk to him about my problems, and he was like, "You should talk to me about that." But now listening to this, actually, that probably it's good to have other people you can go to instead of depending on the one person. But then, well, other first people of all,
2: yeah, it's not fucking emotionally cheating. I know because that's ridiculous. just nonsense. I know it's ridiculous. Like you're not allowed to have fucking friendships. But I mean, th- that's a whole thing about you know control and relationships taking over your life. Like you, you, you have to. Uh, you have to be able to have your own life.
0: And she says, she made such a great point, because I, I found this recently enough where, I, let's say, like, what we like in the bedroom. So, like, control and dominance and all these other things that you like in sex, but you don't want that to come out in your relationship. So, people need to find a separation. Like, just because if you control me in the bedroom doesn't mean, like, I want to be controlled outside of it.
2: Yeah, you know? although I don't, know, I don't know if people are making this conscious i know you know i don't think they're making they're making it but she said
0: well like it's interesting because that's erotic there but that's not what you want in real life so it's like trying to separate the two that there is difference between yeah but let's just focus for a second
2: on fucking emotional cheating yeah (laughs) yeah like that's fucking nonsense i know you know i mean she actually does another talk about infidelity and she kind of gets in a little bit about nobody can agree on what infidelity actually is uh but like emotional cheating, that like you would talk to somebody else. Yeah. Like like of course I'm gonna fucking talk to somebody else about my problems because they're probably gonna be more objective than you.
0: Yeah, and maybe if you stop being shitty. <laughs> no, well, that, yeah, I mean
2: that too. But no, even but it was
0: just other problems. It was just a person, a friend, and he actually was engaged, so it was never anything. But we just we got on well, and his 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 now wife and mother of his child. Uh, she's amazing. She like had no worries. She like trusted him. So it wasn't a big deal. She'd be like, yeah, go for a drink with Katie. But it was, but I guess it was more on my partner's side. It was a bit of insecurity, yeah, a bit of worry.
2: A, a, a lot of the infidelity stuff has to do with insecurity and how it affects you, how you feel about yourself and all that. But emotional cheating. I mean, how fucking ridiculous is that? Like suddenly you're supposed to be able to control every fucking emotion. Like if you see somebody good looking and you get a little flutter, that somehow that's a fucking, that you're cheating. That yeah. that's emotional cheating. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, I remember when I was a youngster, just stopped drinking, and I was uh, exploring loads of uh, spiritual options. I read The Celestine Prophecy. You ever hear about this book? No. It was like the fucking self-help book du jour of, like I guess, the mid-'90s. And uh, it had all these insights. I think it was like 10 insights or 8. In- it was 10 insights. But I always remember that insight number 8 was about People's codependency, like people's uh, looking for too much in a relationship, and it said that people um, need to be an O. By the way, this is just mumbo jumbo from the self okay. right? <laughs> people need to be an O, right? But most people, you know, th- in other words, they need to be complete within themselves. They can't need somebody else to feel complete. You need to be an O, but most people are C's because there's like everyone's got their issues. Yeah, and then they meet somebody. And for the first time in their life, they feel whole because you put two C's together and you have an O. Yeah. But then you are always reliant on the C to feel whole, which, of course, will never happen. And you'll become codependent and that you'll need too much from each other. And you, you know, no human being can provide that. So you need to be an O. And then when you meet somebody, you need to make the number eight. Aww. And that is the ideal relationship.
0: What, if, what is a letter that is a bit more than a C, a little less than an O? I think that would be okay as well. I don't, I don't think it's anyone...
2: Just, it's just really a case of drawing the sea a little bit differently. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a more... Who, who does uh, not uh, have their issues? Just, just a longer sea. I know, but this is just bullshit from <laughs> yeah. the Celestine Prophecy. However, another great, another great uh, self-help book du jour, probably I think from the 30s, The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. You ever hear about this book? No. Very good, sort of almost like a long poem. Okay. Uh, But it's talking about the usual stuff of life and relationships and, you know, feeling complete in yourself and being spiritual and finding meaning in life. But I always remember the line when they talk about relationships and it's basically saying that two human beings need to stay separate. You know, you you shouldn't be completely connected. You need to stay separate because like the strings of a lute, when played together, they make beautiful music, but they never touch no so it's just a kind of a, a metaphor for I think partly some of what she's getting at in this talk which I which I, I like is that it's it's very important to maintain uh, your your own life but
0: yeah well that made me think of uh, saying and I don't know whoever said it to me but like about your partner should uh, shouldn't they should just add to your happiness they shouldn't make your happiness so you should be already happy and then it's just like oh this is great but you should be it'll be more successful if you can like still walk away like you can it's not like your happiness isn't dependent on them yes like i i i I think that emotionally cheating thing had really messed with me for future relationships because then i future relationships i would start to feel guilty about my other friendships because i'm like oh i should really be only sharing this with them and i think that's we do so even though we put pressures on on ourselves to too as well like you're right about losing that sense of 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 like or even just going and doing your own thing and
2: yeah but also on the flip side you can it's very easy to project the shit that's going on for you onto your partner and it's 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 i I find it hard to separate the difference i mean i know like if i talk about myself in terms of like long-term relationships and like how it affects desire i know that if i'm in a particular mood tired or pissed off or whatever um I'll, I'll not want to put that onto my partner, but it will happen. It will absolutely happen sometimes. And even though in the back of my mind, I know that this has nothing to do with them. Sometimes I will, I will, I mean, I'm not exactly persist, but I will not have, I, my pride will get in the way and I will just be like, fuck it. You know, like I, I, I won't back down or I won't say like, oh, you know what? I'm just a fucking tired and I'm being a fucking asshole. And let me just... Let me go for a walk for 10 minutes and i'll stop being an asshole i won't do that you yeah. know i'll just like i'll just leave it
0: well it's like you know when you're by yourself and you're angry about something like happened at work and you're really really mad and then you just have to deal with it yourself and then you're like oh it's fine but when you have someone there all of a sudden you have someone you can kind of fight with or you have someone you can take your anger out on and you just wouldn't do that if you're alone if you're alone you would just deal with it and you'd move on so it's that's kind of a lot i think that happens a lot as well but i'll suddenly have a bit of a punching bag like not physically but like you're able to be like i'm mad and fuck you you didn't fill up the kettle with the hot well you left empty with the water again and that's not what it's about you have the chance to get mad at someone
2: and i mean everybody does it it's it's totally normal but it 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 is hard I, i i don't know the exact i don't know the ideal way to maintain i often think that couples They'll never do it, but they should always have like one day a week where you both sit down in like a neutral space, no matter how you're feeling, no matter how fucking annoyed you are, you sit down and you say, here's the stuff that's bugging me and here's the stuff I think is going well. And uh, you, you you try to do it in a way where you can say, uh, yes, 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 I can see that I was being negative on these things no 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 i i i i I don't 100 percent accept that uh and then you know you try to sort of work it out and then leave it all there and just like hug and shake hands and be like okay well let's just let's just let all that go because in actual fact there's so much stuff that you can just let go yeah but you choose not to
0: no i think that's great
2: you 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 choose not to
0: yeah no absolutely
2: i mean i remember this one comedian said to me that he thought about all the arguments he has with his wife, and he said at least thirty percent of them happen two hours after coffee.
0: Okay, <laughs> two hours after coffee.
2: Because you crash and you're oh, in a fucking mood.
0: see, I don't drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, so. but you
2: crash and you're in a mood. Oh, right, you yeah,
0: know. Yeah. No, and I find anyone I've dated over here when I've been like at my most like yeah, I talk about like not having the best relationships, but I wasn't fucking rock star in them either. Like I know that when I work a lot and I do a lot of shows, I don't sleep a lot and I'm harder to deal with then. So it's not really them. They've just come into my space and I've I've felt like I have to see them because I'm dating them when really I should have just went, I need to be by myself tonight because then I'm not, I'm like c- quite argumentative and tired and mad and I'm mad that I'm visiting them. But I feel I have to because I feel like I have to put effort into the relationship. But I'm sure if I were just like, oh, I've been doing this all week. I'm tired. I can't see this week. They'd probably be like, oh yeah, that's grand. They probably, be, that'd be better than having me over there being like, What do you mean you don't
2: have soy milk? (laughs) So how do you feel about this whole thing of like, he, I need him to make me feel like I'm, I'm a princess, or I need him to make me feel like I'm the most important person. How do you feel about like when you hear or or or, I need I need I need her to make me feel like, you know, I'm the king. You know, how do you feel about this sense of like, putting this thing in a relationship where like, the love has to be that you are the most important person all the time.
0: I I actually don't personally like that because a lot of the guys I've dated have been quite in, not all of them but have been quite intense and have made me feel like that now um, I'm, I'm thinking of two partners that were very much like you're my world and it scared me because I was like God I don't think I can provide that <laughs> I can't I can't be your world so I think I don't I don't like that but I do want to be treated and I want to be respected but I don't I think. I don't think that's good. I don't think yeah, that's do
2: healthy. You, do you think we put? I, I I guess what I'm bringing up is, do, do you think that in modern society we put too much pressure on relationships to provide things for ourselves?
0: Yeah. No, I do, and I think as well we are I don't. Did we mention it or did I mention it? That idea, again, about the person being your best friend. I feel like when we get into a relationship very quickly we have high expectations we're trying to rush it we're trying to get to 11 where actually your best friend you've known for 10 years or you know yeah and so like i remember when my ex he was very upset with the relationship i had so both exes two exes had were upset with two male friendships but i was like i've known them for years like of course we're not going to be on that level yet and you shouldn't expect that but it's really hard when sex is involved and it's intimate and it's quick yeah, I think you're right. I think we put t- and I think we took put too much pressure quickly, and I think that's why people are not ending up in long-term relationships because it's kind of all of this stuff happens so fast instead of being like just go slow and kind of see where it goes. Which I struggle with. I'm very I can be quite intense, and I'm trying to work on that and just letting myself take a bit of time because I get into it quick and then I'm like I need to get out.
2: Oh yeah, oh well, that's very easy to do.
0: Yeah, so I know I think yeah, I think we put way too much way too much pressure quickly. Like yeah, if you're together ten years and you're like, okay, actually, I like I need this and you're not providing that, that's fine, but
2: now I have to get in a long-term relationship to practice all Me too.
0: Drugs. Who wants to be with me? I love love.
2: No, you keep saying <laughs> that I love love, but even that concept of this whole thing of like love, even like love, it's like a thing of like, are you in love? Love, love, love. Like oh my
0: god, but no. So I'll talk about this a little bit now because I'm out of it uh, long enough that I don't think you will be listened to it. But so I guess when I broke up with my ex-boyfriend he took it we had a very intense relationship and it was very um I love you very quickly and it was the sex was amazing It was it, everything happened so fast but so when I broke up with him he started sending me messages saying that I was a liar and I was a fake and he sent me a picture of a, a love you message I, I'd wrote him like a, a letter I guess it was like a we'd gone away and I went oh, I love you so much thanks and he was like you're a liar and you're fake and to be honest with you maybe like I don't mean to be, I would Like, in one way, he might be right, like, as in, I don't think I'm a liar or fake, but I was just kind of going with it, and it was fun at the time. I don't really know if I actually know what love is, and... But does it matter? I mean, I I, I
2: think, I I think we exaggerate the shit out of the word love. I think, mm -hmm. like, there was just so many fucking emotions involved in what we call love.
0: And so much expectations, like, if you love me, don't expect me... I was, we, it was just so, the whole thing, yeah, like... uh, I think you can say something and you can change your mind and yeah, we just don't really know. Yeah, but you shouldn't...
2: Why are you even allowing yourself to... Well, you're doubting yourself based on this fucking angry responses from this fucking control freak.
0: Yeah, but I mean, my point is it's okay if, if you feel it for a second and then you don't or like nobody really... We don't really understand our own feelings. Like if you're in the moment, that's fine. Like I mean, the expectation that love had to be that if I loved him, I would put up with all that shit. I guess that was his point, and I think people do have that. Like, But I love them, so they can do this. And it's like, no, love is the last, love is the last thing. Like, the respect But trust me, like,
2: uh, control, somebody said this to me once, control is the absence of love. Yeah. Now, whether you can break that down, and that sentence holds up, I don't know. But a control freak talking to you about how you were a liar about love (laughs) is really comical
0: yeah true well like and I guess the point that I like, I am aware of all of that but the point I'm trying to make is that I because I think I love everybody I'm a very lovable person I have a lot of love to give I tell everybody I love them um love is easy for me and if I break up with someone it's never really to do with love it's like I mean there's so much more we need to build like trust and we we go you hear my friends being like but I love him and I'm like yeah but that doesn't matter you love and you'll love the next person in five minutes yeah, like love can happen. I do believe love can happen quite instantly, where you like meet them and you're like, or what? I don't know if that's that feeling, that infatuation, but I think it's the other stuff. It's the stuff like trust that builds up over years and and respect and like, and then we let people disrespect us because we're like, oh, but I love him and he loves me and I want to be loved, and it's like, well, I think that comes back down to the just fucking love yourself. Go masturbate in the shower and love yourself <laughs> i mean
2: not necessarily about masturbation i know i mean loving yourself is a treat good
1: yourself
0: be nice to yourself you the best thing that ever happened to me was like starting to be like suiting myself i was tr- i used to try to please everybody so much and i would piss so many people off because i couldn't i'd try to meet up with everybody or i couldn't do that and then when i just started suiting myself everything fell into place and it's is is yeah you have to really like oh i feel shitty go get your nails done yeah it's Thirty dollars, but or twenty dollars, or twenty euro. I don't know how much it costs at home. Just fucking. I mean, do basically,
2: it. Katie, what you're saying is that you need to be an O.
0: I'm, I'm never need, I'm never going to be an O,
2: though. You need to be an O. I wa- I, what's a letter? What do you mean you're never going to be an O? I'm a U. What, what are you talking about, I'm never going to be an O? Yeah, if, if you're basically saying you're never going to be an O, you're saying that your life is going to be unfulfilled. No, I think... Are you saying, are you saying right now that you're not going to be fulfilled?
0: I think my life is very fulfilling, but I think it's a hard expectation to put on yourself that you're always going to be happy. And you know what? Actually no, I,
2: I... Whoa, whoa. This is not about always being happy. Okay. <laughs> this is not about always being happy. But then I am this an O. This is about... This is about you know being comfortable with yourself and not needing another human being to be comfortable but needing another human being to add to your life yeah it's about not it's 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 about not it's about i guess wanting and not needing which I she think, says in the thing
0: I think that, I am an O then I don't know what I am I'm a U what it are you? It doesn't
2: ma- I'm definitely not an o. But I I'm 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 very you're happy with my c- I don't need a fucking yeah. I, I never need to somebody else to feel like an o.
0: Yeah, true. I
2: I'm, I'm happy to just be incomplete. I'm content with my incompleteness.
0: Which is great. Well that Oh, yeah, that's... Okay, so fulfillment is f- fine. That's good. You're right. But there is a lot of pressure nowadays to always be happy. And if you're sad for a second, it's like like I just think I guess that's different with the
2: O, but I mean. But that's a different. That's a deeper thing about people, uh, you know, uh, not being um, comfortable with with emotion.
0: Yeah, just be sad for a second. I just wanted to say that because I was just thinking about how, like, that again. I guess to me that comes with fulfillment as well as like being okay when you are sad. Like, oh, Chase, I just have to sit in this now for a little while, but because it's like a balance.
2: Well, yeah, emotional balance is difficult to achieve.
0: But uh, yeah, so then if you're in a relationship as well, you have to know that oh, she said that that there's phases. She said, erotic, long-term couples who are like good with it know that passion comes in phases and that it, you know, but that you like she said, you it's not uh, it's not gonna fall out of the sky. You got to work on it. But they also know that okay, it'll come and go, and yeah.
2: Well, what were you saying there? You f- you faded out of that point. You were, you were oh, about like to make a point. You got distracted.
0: I guess my that was a separate point. It's probably not about relationships. It's just about people in general, just being okay with being sad for a second. Um, I just i I've been thinking about that lately. Like people are like, oh, I'm I'm, people are depressed, of course. But then some people are like don't realize that okay, there is a a balance. That was it, pretty much, just and I think that w- works in relationships too as well.
2: Well, yeah, and uh, and that's a very difficult thing of noticing, uh. When somebody says, I'm depressed, it's just like you're sad versus you have an actual problem with depression.
0: And I just think especially... But that can be difficult. I don't know what it's like in Ireland back now, but I noticed it in America that I had a friend and she was struggling with anxiety. She goes to the anxiety therapist or whatever they're fucking called and she gives her medication straight away and then she ended up having like spasm attacks from the medication now when i spoke to that friend i was like what is going on in your life and she's like i can't afford the rent because the roommate moved out i don't have the money for it and it's all money issues and really what should have happened was before they ever went to the medication before they ever diagnosed her with anxiety disorder it's actually just she needed to learn how to fix this problem like get a roommate in or fix her money issues and there there should have been physical steps before it went to that and i think that's a very much thing here where people are like you can't be sad or you have to be happy you can't be anxious or it's a disorder and it's like no you just you're, you're anxious because you just started a new job okay give yourself a few weeks it would be grand
2: I, I i think you are correct on one level but i also think on another level it's dangerous
0: yeah, I'm also not a therapist, so don't quote, quote yeah. me. Well, I no, I, I,
2: I'm not. I, no, I'm just saying it's it's dangerous to dismiss it outright. Yeah, I mean, I'm not because doing that either. For every scenario where you are 100% correct that perhaps there's they're too quick to prescribe medication and that some people, that, that basically it's very easy to get prescribed. So you really can go to a therapist or you can go, by the way, you have to go to a psychiatrist, I believe, to, to get actual medication. But, uh, that it's quite easy to just present with certain, you know, certain things and get medicated for it, uh, and and that that could be a problem. On the flip side, uh, it's important to not dismiss the medication no, because true. for some people it can be yeah. life changing. No,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Like but I,
2: overprescription.
0: I think I mean, you should I, still I, go. I think you should go to the psychiatrist or the therapist. But I think as well, there can be like a. I try other methods as well, because obviously, if someone has like a mental disorder, you need the tablets and you need to fucking take them, and that's going to make your life much better. Like I have a friend with bipolar, and her life changed. Yes, yes. Like I mean, it. She says now sometimes she'll stop taking them because she'll forget, and uh, it could be within a couple of days her relationship will start to fall apart or something, and she will go, "Fuck, I gotta get back on my meds."
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And listen, you're getting into like some yeah. Some serious so that's men- not what I was yeah. G- you're getting into some serious mental health stuff. Uh, I, I, but I also do get what you're saying about. Uh, you know people's uh, discomfort with their emotions not being able to handle their emotions not being comfortable feeling certain ways and that is a journey for everybody a a sense of uh emotional balance well-being uh you know understanding you know how you're feeling not letting your emotions completely drive your behavior but that, that, that's kind of like, a, I think that's like a lifelong task.
0: And I'm only saying all of this because this is very personal to me. So what I'm saying might be very different and don't take it for gold or come at me with a dm but um the no po- no but, I'm, but the, well the point i'm saying is because i realized i was dating all these men because i was looking for happiness from them i was looking for love from them because i didn't feel love from parents this is my own psychoanalyst but once i started to be like oh i just have to like be nice to myself and oh okay i'm sad day but i'll be fine tomorrow or i'll get over it, or I'll go treat yourself and when i started doing that self-care it really helped me and um, and that might not what's help yourself
2: what 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 are your self-care tricks
0: Okay, so... I started doing recently. I started getting my nails done. That's so silly, but i never done that before because I thought it was a waste of money. And why would I ever waste my money? And then I realised I have all these savings. I'm not fucking spend them. That's a very Irish thing to be like. Oh, I got to save, and oh, that's I, I. know I should use it. And then I was like, Do you know what? Actually, just treat yourself a little. Um, and things so like
2: getting I your nails done was one of your spiritual moves. <laughs> it was lovely.
0: <laughs> it's so relaxed. I love being touched, and that's another reason why I love having a boyfriend. I realised I like having a boyfriend because I like when they touch me and give me massages. And then I went, fuck! I could just go buy a massage. And so I've been buying a massage and I love but you r- can't
2: get a happy ending, which is
0: you know. I know, right. Well yeah, and no, so obviously there's things that you're not gonna get that I will get from a boyfriend that will make me, you know, like sex and stuff, but um and what else? Um oh I put a lot of pressure on myself when it comes to so when I wasn't doing comedy I was an artist and I would have to work at it all the time and work at my job because I would always feel like I was trying to prove something. So I'd work extra hours because I'm a hard worker. But then I was like, do you know what? Nobody gives a fuck, Casey. If you want to just work a day less and take a, a day off and, like, read or go to the beach, that's fine. So I was trying to prove something to nobody. Like, it's... And I think a lot of people do that. Like, look, I'm, a her- uh, uh, I'm I'm grinding and I never sleep. And it's like, oh, you can just sleep. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't make it make you successful.
2: Oh yeah, sleep is key.
0: Yeah. So all these little things, I like, I or f- or eat bread. I'm sorry, I went off bread for so long, and then I'm a much happier person since I went back to it. And I don't. Oh, care. bread.
2: So really, you think the absence of bread was causing a spiritual hollowness in your I life? I think it
0: was the my issue with my body because yeah. when I your ne- soul
2: needs gluten.
0: When I'm telling you, when I went up, came over to America. I put on a lot of weight not even a lot like a, a little bit of weight because I was eating um, I was working in a fast food restaurant and I was stuffing my face with people's leftover food I'm disgusting, but anyway it was lovely um, lots of fries and milkshakes I put on weight and then when I stopped working there I lost it and a lot of people commented on it and it gave me like a body image issue and all of a sudden I was like well, I was, oh I can't eat bread ever again I need to stay like this people are complimenting me and then recently I went Fuck it, who cares if I put on a little bit of weight I like bread yeah, I'm going back to it, and it's been so good. I've been a happy person for it. Well, also <laughs> it's very practical. Yeah,
2: I feel It's like so I've much more, easier I've to so get, much get a snack when you're not not eating bread.
0: Oh, my God, I have so much more energy as well. I didn't realize that that was the only carbohydrates in my diet because I just generally. I've always enjoyed salads or you know some once I cut out bread I was tired all the time and now in the morning I feel like more energy where I feel like a happier person but I mean it's just like the, those things of not being so strict on yourself and that will then hopefully hopefully I'll end up in a great relationship and they'll be like ah, oh, she's not putting the pressure on me to make her happy.
2: It's great because most people say stuff like meditation, going to therapy. I don't uh, go to therapy. I'm keeping yoga. whatever's locked up in but there locked up. You go get your nails done. <laughs> get your nails done. It's eat fucking basic. bread. Yeah. Get perigold butter. Yeah. Lather it on.
0: But I just think if you start with the little things first, right?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, eat chocolate. I mean, I on, a, chocolate. on a on a on a uh, <laughs> on a. in a more in depth level. I do think a lot of people tie their well-being into certain behaviors, which on, on, on one level, they are healthy behaviors like exercise, like uh, uh, like, you know, like diet, uh, you know, they do these things to better themselves. But I do find that it can trigger like a, 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 an OCD reaction. You know, you can get people that are in, inclined to obsessive compulsive behavior, which I include myself in that, by the way. And suddenly, this healthy thing can become a problem because your well being is tied to behaving a certain way. And when you have any slight variation from that behavior, you actually use that to give yourself a hard time and it's actually bad for your well-being
0: yeah and that's a great uh saying uh, or the sentence you just said about give yourself a hard time because we do we're the hardest when mm-hmm. i think when i think about the things i say to myself or the things the hard things i am if anyone else said that to my friend i'd be like your heart i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't allow for it so i think that's what you're sa- like it's an excuse to get, be hard on yourself
2: yeah and it's almost now this is a deeper this is a thing that i think but in, an abs- in the absence of religion, particularly like in big cities in the Western world where religion is not as important to some people, and I appreciate some people might be listening, and religion is still important, which is absolutely fine, but in the absence of religion or certainly in the absence of the rigidity of uh, sinning or not sinning, we have actually just found a way to create the same scenario, which is these are the things that mean I am being good, and if I don't do these things, I'm not being good. Yeah. And you get this feeling of, oh, this will be exciting if I do this thing that's not good, the excitement builds up, you do it, and then you crash because you have given in to the, you know, the 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 thing that you weren't supposed to do, yeah. which, in a way, is just a continuation of the shame spiral that we all claim to have exited from because, we stopped believing in religion or you know like all the things we did I'm liberated from that I I I'm out of that shame spot but we just create new shame spot
0: no you're so right and I I can only relate it to comedy but I think anyone who's listening will be able to relate it to their work world or like you said especially with exercise is a very similar and um, well
2: exercise and diet I think are two yeah. big ones in a, in a modern world two big things that people begin to associate uh good feelings versus bad feelings
0: and like so I'm obviously, I've, most of my comedy experiences in New York City, a lot of the comedians are atheists. They were very vocal about that, but they treat comedy like religion, like, oh, you didn't get up three times tonight? Oh, no, I I, I, I can't, I can't go out tonight, I didn't get up, I didn't get up three times tonight. Or there's a very, like, they put what, that, that, a lot of exactly what you're saying, kind of like, and then if they take a night off, like, I get text messages from friends going, oh, I took tonight off, I feel so guilty, oh, I don't deserve this now, and it's like, you're right, it is like a religion, and I mm. think a lot of other work is a, is a similar.
2: Yeah, work is another thing that people use. And then it's that sense of, am I being good or am I being bad? But, you know, all these cycles are very hard to break out of.
0: I'm going to say something now, and I feel like I'm going to get in trouble for it, but um, I'm going to go for it. Um, you know, when you were saying that I didn't say, like, meditation or go to therapy. So I obviously haven't gone to therapy yet, and I will one day. And I think it's very healthy to go get a massage for your brain. Um, the only thing I've been thinking a lot about is the amount of people the amount of my friends who use therapy here every week and they go and they talk about like their boyfriend or they go and talk about their friend but I just feel like it. I feel like it's good to do that but I feel like you've put in a middleman like I just wonder if we were o- if they were okay to go like I wonder if you just talked to, if 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 communication was better like you just talk to the person you have the issue with like if my friend has an issue with me why didn't she come to me first I'm just I'm just wondering is there now like an extra person you're? and I, I guess maybe it's better to go when you're able to get get it more to a certain well you haven't gone to therapy yeah i should just go so actually, actually before what the I talk. fuck you're talking <laughs> I about know, katie
2: no I, let me just I, I, i'll just counteract that just okay. a touch what's wrong with having an objective observer
0: yeah so you're as i was saying that i was thinking actually you might get your thoughts a bit straight and, and, and also you're also
2: you're also giving a very narrow view of what may be going on at no, that true. you're session.
0: right and that's just an I- shows an insight of my kind of lack of knowledge about the whole thing um but as i was saying it, i was like actually that might be quite good then maybe i wouldn't have thrown the plate at him. because <laughs> so i've never done that
2: <laughs> but, yeah and you know and, and, and possibly you can you know possibly say if you went you might be able to get down to the the deeper emotional things that may be driving what you consider to be a cycle that you can't break in terms of the guys that you meet you may actually be able to get you, you may or may not be able to get a deeper understanding of what's driving you, perhaps the actual feelings that you may not even realize are sort of trapped in there, that if, if you actually released some of that feeling or you really sort of like some people think that you can heal them by like replacing the replacing the bad sentences that are fucking driving around your brain that you're not aware of, there, there may be some healing.
0: Yeah, you know what? I, I'd love if some people DM'd me and told me what their experience is with terror because I'm afraid to go to terror because I'm afraid that I've done such a great job at locking up those
2: repressed memories. Well, why do you need somebody to DM? I'll tell you all about it. Okay, okay, great. Why are you fucking asking well, I random was, people well, I a guy fucking sitting next to okay, you?
0: Okay, true. Well, I was just thinking, I guess I was trying to get more like people, okay, yeah, no, that's true. I my More fi-
2: what? People that fucking know what they're talking about? No, I was going to say
0: just like interaction with us, you know, Oh, yeah, Inclusion. no, 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 I get that. But, 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 <laughs> but, but no, that's
2: also a delay tactic of yourself. Sitting here right now in my car.
0: Okay, okay. So my fear is that I'll go and all of those repressed memories are. I spent ten years building this kind of cage around all of it, and I feel like if they fucking open it up, I'll just be like, I'll fall apart. Okay, it's a control thing, probably. But
2: what's fear? I'm afraid. Well, yeah, but (laughs) it's 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 fear. Control is 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 a is a is a fear protector. Mm -hmm. But 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 number one, it's absolutely okay to be afraid. That's the most important thing that you're you're, how you're feeling is how everybody feels and it's how in the past how I felt and so I'll give you my I'll give you number one because I stopped drinking when I was 19 1995 went to a lot of AANA and all that stuff is uh, encourages self-discovery in fact even in the steps alone and people can agree or disagree but the steps say you make a searching and fearless moral inventory of yourself. Uh, you take a look at the behaviors that are driving it and then you make amends to all the people you harmed based on that behavior. right Now in your situation, you're not talking about um, you're not talking about uh, doing an inventory of uh, things that you did wrong, but part of anybody's inventory is they take a look at their past And almost everybody that gets to that moment in their self-discovery. And I'm not just talking about alcoholics and addicts, I'm talking about everybody who gets to a moment where they want to, deal with trauma which is what you're dealing with expresses almost word for word what you just expressed so you are having the feelings that everybody has including myself which is which i had which was i've locked this stuff away if the if the box opens i will fall apart
0: and it's also as well it's like you to get to, to okay to step away and to get over it you have to be strong but to open it again you're like being a victim and that's something i struggle with i'm but like that's
2: a shame so that, that that's all that's a that's a shaming sentence
0: and i know i don't want to and i would never the thing is i would i would never feel like that if it were my friend i would but, be like but
2: first of all you're not being a victim what you all you're doing is exploring yourself so
0: I'm also afraid as well I f- I feel like I've built this thing and my mental health is good and I'm afraid if I open it my mental health will fall apart.
2: But you forget the alternative to that, which is that it will get better. Yeah. Which is more likely what's going to happen. And I d- because in actual fact, none of what's going to come up you don't know. I mean, obviously people repress emotion and then, you know, they remember things that they didn't remember. But uh As Alice Walker, the poet, once said, tears left unshed (laughs) turn to poison in the ducts.
0: Oh, Jesus. Yeah.
2: So why allow... uh, Why allow... Let's just say the potential that some of this stuff is driving your life in a negative way. Why would you say, well, fuck it, I'll just accept this level of life because it seems okay now. Or as an actual fact, I can transcend... Not to mention that many, many people with worse trauma, and this is not shaming your trauma. No, no. Many, many people with worse trauma have found a way to heal from it, not let it drive their lives, and then, more importantly, are able to help others in a similar situation.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess, and when I said victim before, like, um, I would never feel that towards a friend, but I guess because I know if I go and and talk about it, I'll have to realize that, oh, that was bad. Whereas it's it's easier just to be like, I'm fine, it's grand. I'll so in other happened.
2: words, you don't deserve to admit that something bad was done to you I think which I, is really yeah shame. that's that's the heart of shame
0: and that comes down to what that's it actually shows that everything that happened is what I'm believing because that's what I was told if that makes sense
2: yes so so this is really about the liberation of shame yeah which yeah. is really I think a, a key struggle in humanity yeah so
0: and I found one thing I would and I wonder if people rel- relate to this I'm bad in relationships because when they do get to know me and they do start to talk about my childhood, that's where I kind of, I'm like, oh, fuck. Um, and I kind of, either I'll open up and then expect them to be able to deal with that. And that's really hard when I haven't dealt with it. Or I don't want to open up and they're like, what? There's something, there's something they're not sharing with me. So I think that is probably one of the reasons why I haven't been in a long-term good relationship. Because, you know, it's easier to date kind of stuff that is but but I just think when we're talking about relationships I think that can relate back so
2: yeah but you know what though it's not even that important to try to intellectualize what it's doing to you because it actually takes you away from whatever's in you yeah so really trying to make sense of oh I do this because this happened to me as a child or all that stuff is actually less important to you getting to a place where you realize that you deserve to be able to, but you're not a victim by saying, oh shit, bad shit was done to me as a kid. It's traumatic. It can be viewed as actually post-traumatic stress disorder. Like you may have like a version of PTSD. so is it better to just pretend like that didn't happen and get on with your life with the potential that some of that PTSD will drive your life negatively for eternity? Or is it better to say, actually I value myself which is all this real american speak but like i value myself you literally just said don't give myself a hard time go get my nails done all these things <laughs> i value myself enough to say it's worth me acknowledging what was done to me find out if i'm hiding from any of it and free myself from it yeah i mean that's really valuing yourself yeah that's what comes ha- that's what comes after you get your nails done.
0: I know <laughs> it's funny because I'm like my first thought. To be honest, I'll be honest, which is when I think about therapy, I'm like, oh, I don't my money, which is awful. And I'm, again, that's another thing where I'm like weird with money as well. So, but then I'm like, you know, I, the nails maybe was a step towards the therapy money because that's yeah, four I'm, times I'm, the I'm, price.
2: I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not shaming you on the uh, getting your nails done thing at all. But you know. I, I really was more uh, inspired by the fact that you expressed what I've expressed in the past and I've heard so many, because, you know, when you're in the, the fellowship, you sponsor people and when you sponsor people, the idea is to guide them through the steps. And by the way, like I'm not suggesting the steps are literally just one of many ways to articulate like a journey of self-discovery for humanity, Right. So one of the things is you guide these people through the steps and when they get to the fourth step, which is basically writing down all the shit that you did, nobody wants to open the can of worms because they are convinced that when that fucking can is opened, that everything's going to fall apart. And it very rarely does. And, you know, like because I I don't want to say it never does because that's not fair because people have mental health issues, you know, Mm -hmm. and like, you know there are you know i i I guess there 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 are some scenarios where stuff can be triggered for people that's that's very difficult but i i definitely don't think that's the case with you and it's very 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 rarely the case you know so i don't want to be putting out any information that's like you know you know not 100 percent true but in my experience nobody has ever fallen apart they've only ever improved their lives you know Mm -hmm. they've only ever improved their lives you know, and I guess maybe with some deep sexual abuse stuff, I, I think when it comes to sexual abuse, that's where you get into like very difficult stuff about trapped emotion, uh, you know, and most of those people that uncover that also figure out how to deal with that trauma. So I think you're going to be OK.
0: Yeah, no, actually, you know, and when I when I, I have a similar friend who who went to therapy over over sexual abuse and I'd say her life. Would be a lot worse if it wasn't for it. So her, her thing was very positive, and it took her a long time to get through that. But yeah, I know. I don't know
2: anybody who had a negative experience. Yeah. I, I actually, and I know people who've dealt with some horrible shit. I know guys that were in fucking letter frac, you know, yeah. the darkest of stuff. Yeah. And their lives improved when they, when they, essentially, I think for most people, their lives improve when they realize that they didn't do anything wrong.
0: Yeah. Well, that, that's... It's, I, I think... Especially when some, something happens as a child, you... I only realised recently, like, even up until I was 18 and all that stuff was going on, oh, even at 18, I was still young. So at five, I was young. Of course, I was a child. But even at 18, like, I mean, it, it's just interesting that if I were to look at it, someone else and see what was going on, I'd be like, that's awful. You're You'd a You'd have kid. compassion I'd for have someone, But for me, I'm like, oh, do you know what? It's fine. I'll just move on. I'll be grand. And then you feel a loyalty to... To the parent in one way, you're like, well, they gave birth to me, so I better not. S- I never told anybody what was going on, and you know, and when I left, I never told anybody either. I just kind of went and did my own thing, and a lot of people had like a bad impression of me because they were like, oh, she just fucking ran off. But I was like, you know, I'll just keep it to myself, and that's fine. But in hindsight, I'm like, actually, well, I'm not the one who did anything, you know. And I guess I, it's still, I can still talk about it, and I could, like go to a therapist and talk about things she did because I'm like, well, she did them,
2: Do you know. Exactly. And it was just, I just realised this recently, where I'm well, like, yeah. I mean, the more important thing is if you saw something happen to somebody else, you'd feel bad for them. I know. If someone you'd did that to my sister, I'd but, murder them. But you don't have compassion for yourself.
0: But it's really, And it's really hard to do that. It's really... And then... That, yeah. It's, it's, it's,
2: it's difficult. It, it really is difficult. And I mean, I reached that point. But just to keep it more general, just to give you like a moment that might help you to understand how... On an intellectual level, it seems like it's very easy for you to say, bad stuff happened to me and I didn't deserve it. And it wasn't my fault, but actually, it's very hard for people to get to that point. Now, even though it's a cheesy moment in the movie, did you see Goodwill Hunting?
0: I have seen it. Is that the one with um, the oh Jesus, the two guys, the, their friends, Ben Affleck and yeah, 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 I love that movie.
2: That is Goodwill Hunting, right? Yeah, uh, Dead Poet Society is the one. Pre- oh so yeah. you saw Goodwill Hunting, yeah. right? So, Years obviously ago. Yeah, but do you remember that the pivotal scene is? Robin Williams challenges him to say, it's, it's not your fault.
0: Was that when they were downstairs? I think I remember. And
2: and he's like, shut the fuck up, man. You know? And then he's like, it's not your fault. Shut the fuck up, man. And he keeps saying it to him. And that's the moment that breaks him. And if you don't understand, that seems like a bit cheesy. Like how the fuck is that the thing that breaks this guy down? It's not your fault. But actually he couldn't fucking have the compassion for himself to realize that he didn't fucking deserve it as a child the things that were done to him you know the things that are driving him to be this like compulsive you know all this negative stuff that the anger you know all the things that he's expressing in that movie it's that's the moment where he was like it's not my fault and that's that's actually a hard place to get to yeah and in fairness like what you're feeling is what a lot of people feel i think yeah I plan to get into it with the show about my mom too because i I, i've gone through all the stuff that you're talking about and you know it it, i don't know if it's more difficult or less difficult but i navigated all this while maintaining a relationship with my mother which was up and down and you know it, it, it went through various stages but you know in the end we got to like what i would consider to be a somewhat healthy relationship and i was there to sort of look after her at the end you know kind of a a duty way but there was always still in my mind this battle of what was me being like exaggerated as a victim and what was fair for me to feel about myself
0: and i like what you say about duty because i know when i left when i left actually i don't know if i've said this in the podcast but the career guidance did i talk about that called me called me i was only 18 and she called me and said Oh, you know, you've left your mother and her mother has cancer. Now, I'd like to say that that's how I found out my grandmother had cancer. Nobody fucking told me. How would you feel if she killed herself? Now, I hung up the phone. Your guidance counselor? And and career guidance. In school? Yeah, and none of them were, like, worried about me when I was, like, nobody really knew what was going on. And again, I hadn't said anything. That was fine. And I still had a really good relationship with my father. So he was very good when stuff was going on. But, um, But my dad called her and said, like, you're so lucky that I'm not going to ha- have your job for this. Like, this is s- so wrong. You're meant to be looking after my daughter. You don't even know. Have you even asked her? Wh- what were you guys doing? Well, You know what I mean? And so he handled it very well. And he said, like, she's doing her exams there. Don't speak to her again. But um, but that sense of duty, of I guess, where I didn't tell anyone what was going on. Because I, sent, I felt a sense of duty to a parent. And when I left, I got a lot of negative things. Some people were amazing. I had a best friend. And her family were so supportive. They let me stay with her while... I was going to school, and they were very private about it. When people asked them, they didn't get involved. So there was great people. But that, you know, I had family members kind of be like, well, she's your mother, you know? like. But I, that doesn't mean she's my responsibility. And I'd put in 18 years, so I was kind of like, no, fuck it, I'm gone. But there is that sense of duty where you're like, oh, what, do I have to not have a life? Or do I have to have this life that's going to make me, you know, maybe potentially suicidal? Like, I chose to leave because it was it was the best course of action for me but there was that sense of duty victim of abuse but like you said with the with the duty where you're like oh you feel like yeah you feel responsible and some people maintain that relationship because of that
2: yes also i can tell you that i had the very same experience in a different way with my own mother in the sense that there was a time where i did not maintain the relationship i made a decision like you uh slightly different because it the done exactly the same in terms of the intensity of what was going on with your mom, but at the same time, you know I was in another country at fourteen, so read between the lines like there was some stuff going on so I, but at one stage after my father died, I made the decision that I'd had enough of the the nonsense and for you know a period of about eighteen months, I did not speak to my mother, and I got a ton of that shit that you got from my you know, people close to my mother. But I got it way later, well after. Because in actual fact, it was the best thing I ever did. Because myself and my mother's relationship improved intensely after that 18-month period. Because in the meantime, she went and did a lot of stuff for herself. She went and got a therapist. She went and joined uh, a, a, a self-help organization and decided that. She was actually going to try to do something about herself, which, in fairness to her, she'd also lost her husband, so she's now like on her own as a human being. She reached a moment where people say, you know, when when you do something about yourself is when it's it's actually it's actually more painful to not do something, right? So it was it was more painful for her to not do something than to try to just maintain the status quo. Anyway, she did all these changes, and when we you know sort of started talking again, our relationship had improved, and she had clearly improved as a person. You know, she had like a decent sort of last decade of her life anyway long story short when she started to get sick myself and my brothers showed up properly like a hundred percent flew back from fucking china i flew back from ireland on numerous occasions like consistently present and very difficult to be present because i'm fucking living all over the world but always present never not present her somebody challenged me on the period of time where i didn't talk to my mother at this time where she needed somebody which was after my dad died but not immediately after my dad died it was you know time enough and connected to my dad dying that related to this moment where we separated because at some point you have to say enough's enough right Mm -hmm. at some point you have to value yourself to say no enough's enough so anyway long story short i got exactly the same shit that you got from people but that has nothing to do with you Nothing to do with me. Everything to do with that person. But obviously at the time, it's very fucking hard to see it that way. Yeah. Very difficult to see it that way.
0: Yeah, I know it is. Know. And
2: and God knows I did not react by saying this is about you. I fucking had... There was war. <laughs> there was fucking war. I don't know if I don't uh,
0: blame you, and it is hard. And I think you're right. It is about them, and it's either a they want to be involved, or b they didn't. They were sick listening to the person at the time, and yeah, and they don't know. They, they don't, don't even know. Yeah. know. they don't, They're not there. They're not. They're making a
2: a point on a. Yeah, they just don't know. Yeah, they don't know. But weirdly enough, I, I had with that particular person I'm talking about, our relationship is not bad because you know they're they're fucking. Everybody's got their shit. And like, I was full of resentment, but the resentment is pointless, you know? Uh, And actually we have a decent relationship, but I certainly have felt that fucking pushback from when you decide to look after yourself. Yeah. And God knows that your fucking duty to your mom, I mean, the reality is that your mother was not able to do the job of a mother. And on some level, you can have compassion for whatever the fuck was going on for her, Mm -hmm. but you can't let the compassion of whatever's going on for her get in the way of you having compassion for yourself somehow your what's happened to you is less than whatever the fuck is driving your mom.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of people just don't can't understand it. They can't under, they can't relate because they have a good relationship. And now my mother always painted me as a terrible daughter, but when I think it's so funny, I just realized recently I was like I was five when she was telling I wasn't and anybody else who met me always said, Do you know I, I, you know, it's just uh I'm glad that I'm getting to that point where I was like, actually, no, I'm, I'm a, good, a good person. Um, but anyway, when you when you do decide to cut off that relationship, people don't understand. And I always think it's funny because it's like, I'm not cutting out my birth mother for no fucking reason. Like, there's yes. obviously reasons. But I don't have to share that with you. And I remember one time, my, co- my cousin's amazing. Like, it's so funny. When I left home and people were hounding me and I was studying, me and her went to the woods just because there was so much drama going on and I needed to study for a test. And she she went and got my books she's a 16 year old girl went and got my books brought them down told me not to worry about anything that i didn't need to talk about it but we just needed to study and she was the only one who acted like a fucking adult in that whole thing and she got a bit of shit for that as well Um, and in hindsight you know people apologized later on when they kind of found out what was going on and years later she came to me and she said what what was really going on and i told her and she got really upset and she goes why didn't you tell and i go because nobody fucking asked and it wasn't up to her to ask she was a child as well but i mean like Everybody kind of just went, ah, it's grand. When, you know, it, I think to then come at me afterwards is like, well, you just don't know. You can't come at me now. It's it's an interesting thing where people just presume they know. or Yes. Because you're not talking about it. Oh, like, if I've cut out a parent or if anyone has cut out a parent, it's for good fucking reasons.
2: Yes. Do you ever give yourself credit for being able to navigate all that yourself as a child?
0: Yeah, I do. I do, in fairness. I do think, um, I think... I do, yeah, I think I was like very, like, yeah, no, because I think I could have easily, I could have easily been like, stayed and felt sorry for myself and went down a different road. But I think it took a bit of strength to kind of go, actually, I really. Yeah, you and your little 16 year old cousin. I know, she's so great. Like, I, we're still, she's one of my best friends. And that took, like, it's, when I think about it now, because like, I've been writing about it recently just to get it out. But I was like, yeah, she was only, she was only 16 and she came and she was so r- responsible and yeah like and the only one who out of my family who acted like like an adult and kind of didn't put any judgment on me um mm. and she got a lot of stick for that at the time and i'm sure if they listen to this now they'd probably give her a little bit but hopefully not because i think years later like and even her parents years later were always great like i went on a holiday with them and i had, ended up being able to have a relationship with them and i have a relationship with my cousins out now years later another cousin of mine came to america and she came to meet me and she never brought it up and you know and i wouldn't have had the best relationship with her mother but let's say she we're able to have a relationship out of that so years later things kind of work out things yes which and is the, great This
2: is the, d- i mean irish people like to think that like it's it's uniquely irish dysfunction but actually uh, dysfunction is quite general but i mean certainly in an irish context i think a lot of irish families will identify with aspects of what you're talking about the level of dysfunction and resentments that come up but it's good to be able to well, to to resolve them
0: and i think the issue between like okay just because you gave birth to someone and i know you do give up a lot of life but doesn't mean that they owe you everything or that they could, you get to control them or that they're your possession or that you're slave and i my i you know and an ex-boyfriend who i seen a lot he, he his his father is very like that where he thinks because he because he's a son he owes him all his time like you know and the he, he had to put a lot he has to anytime the father calls he goes and does it and he gave the father money and he gave the, and you're like you're my son you owe this and it's like and it, when I was seeing all that I was like really like reminding me of what I kind of went went through a little bit because but it's not fair as a parent you have to just you know you've given Burton and stuff and like yeah you've given up a lot but that doesn't mean you're like fuck you I give my life for you um, and I think you have that joke as well about that's a great joke about um
2: I'm not saying my mother didn't love me Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that one. That's so. Yeah, that's why my mother didn't so love me. Much. She just forgot to let me know.
0: No, the sacrifice one.
2: Oh, if you ask an Irish mother, if you make the mistake of asking an Irish mother, "Mom, do you love me?" She was, "Do I love you?" She did. I sacrifice everything <laughs> for you.
0: And I think that's just <laughs> so funny because
2: I do that in Irish accent, even though my mother was a New York born. Yeah. But you know, she had a very Irish way about her. I know?
0: think that's true as well. As a parent, you have to remember that they still have their own life and they don't like of course they owe you respect and but like, fuck, it's not. And if you regret that, you can't put that onto your, like, gosh, yeah.
2: And it's funny because people say, well, you don't understand. You don't have kids. And I I, I get that. However, when I see, say, my brother's family and I see my friends and I have friends that I know grew up in a similar sort of a vibe to my house, uh, none of them have recreated the atmosphere that existed in our house in our childhood so I know that people will say oh but you'll understand when you have kids and of course you're going to make mistakes you're not going to be a fucking perfect parent but I... I, I, I it, it's very easy to, to fucking stop the cycle I mean you know
0: yeah and I was smart when I was a, a kid she was saying oh you know you ruined my life you stopped oh, my, yeah, our career cool. and like and look and that's again I'm not gonna get into the personal details but I mean I'm sure there's a lot of people who have had parents be like I give up this for you I give up that and I think it's, and that's only a small thing but I think it is that can really affect and that's yeah. really Cause that's not because that's shame that's like
2: you feel bad for existing
0: even if it was an accident and a lot of time it's not and even if it was an accident well look that was your responsibility. You know, and that's it. That's, that's the job. Yeah, that's not if the job. If you kid. don't want the
2: job, don't fucking have a child.
0: Give the job away. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> there were people better to fulfill that position. <laughs> right, well that's original scene. And oh, do
0: you know what? My issue with therapy as well probably comes back to when I was a kid because when my parents divorced, I had a very bad experience with a the therapist. Oh. So, and I felt he asked me to choose which parent to live with. Now, of course, that was already pre-designed. That never, I never had the choice. But I went in there and I was very much, you know, my mother told me, oh, if you don't say me, all these bad things will happen. So I felt a lot of, a five-year-old felt a lot of guilt afterwards because obviously I said my mother, but I really I would have loved to live with my dad. But I felt a lot of guilt and I think that's probably my issue with, wish. so I had like one, li- and I don't think you should ask the kid that because really that's not.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Katie, you really dealt with quite a lot, in my opinion that's a lot as a child yeah oh no, there's a lot and more I, I, that I'm not getting I, I, that, into But yeah of course I, I, but that, that's obvious <laughs> yeah. and I think I think, I think it would be great if you did talk to somebody who just understands even though I think you have a pretty good grasp yeah I, I think you have a good grasp of it yourself but I also think that it would be worth talking to somebody so say if, if you talk to somebody who's heard a version of what you're talking about at least 30 times maybe 50 times yeah they I think that they will have learned a couple of tricks to help you.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And I think the only reason why I'm half as able to address it and okay with it is because I had my dad and my stepmother, and my stepmother's a social care worker. So, you know, she, she, the woman's amazing. She never said a bad word about my mother or my parents relationship but she was always there to listen and guide me through a lot and like even just listening or being or tell me i'm great and stuff like that but i think a lot of people don't have that yeah they don't have so what i had Thank was i God had, you had that. I but had you deserved it by the way and i know <laughs> you shouldn't I feel
2: guilty about that too
0: <laughs> but i mean like i'm just i i think i'm lucky and i think there's people who wouldn't have had that who are who are can't really it's funny because i wrote i wrote about it i haven't don't anything with it but i didn't do anything with it because i felt guilty because i was like i'd be telling on her now mm. but then i was like oh well actually it's kind of her own fault
2: but i think the writing is good too like if i said to you what are the things that you're doing and you say i'm getting my nails done and i'm doing this but i would also think that actually writing is uh, is a good one
0: yeah my dad said i remember my dad asked me to write when i was 18 and i was going through all of it and he was like look write all of this and he said, I didn't now because I couldn't deal with it. But he said, a bad pen is better than a good memory. And he was like, it might be something later on you kind of want to. But I was like, I don't even want to. I just want to forget all this. So I never wrote about it at the time.
2: But A bad pen is, is better than a good memory? Mm-hmm. What is that?
0: So he means like, even if the pen loses ink... It'll. it's better to have it in writing than trying to go back in your brain oh. and figure it out because your brain is emotions was my dad because my dad because he's a cop cuz he's a, <laughs> p- a policeman he told me this thing that's so hard and i ended up doing an art project about it actually for my final year of college got me an a baby and um, but which i don't use now but um he told me about int- when you uh, witnesses is so hard, you can never, ba- you can never base what happened on a, on a witness because people bring in their emotions, they see. So let's say if someone said you did something and I was there, but I have such a good impression of you that I would see it totally different. And let's say if the other person didn't like you, they would see it different. And yes. you could say something, and I'd be like, no, he just meant that as a laugh and they don't like you. So they're like, no, he meant it sinister. Yeah. And it's really hard and it's not their fault. It's just, there's so much emotions there. Yes.
2: And so it would be great it's great to have in writing the way you're feeling at the time. Yeah. Which I agree. I mean, I find Should stuff I've well, I find stuff that I've written. Like not not not, not just work stuff, like just, you know, Particularly those early years when I was like doing a lot of self exploration, and you find stuff and you're like, "Fuck yeah, well, I forgot how I, I forgot how I was feeling back then."
0: Uh, and, and it can happen so quickly. Like even the last guy I was dating, like he would do something, and I would kind of say it to you, and I would say it to my friends, and I'd be like, "This is awful." And then I would go talk to him, and I'd be like, "Ah, oh, it's grand. I'll just forget about it." But then, so when I finally broke up yeah, But I
2: now we have it all on fucking. We have it all on <laughs> the, <laughs> the podcast. <Yeah. laughs> so we'll remind you in a year yeah, when you're with some other abusive yeah. guy, and we'll be like, "Hey, Katie, uh, we thought you learned <laughs> <him."> <laughs> <laughs> We have it on uh, episode six here. Yeah, right. It <laughs> play it back and I'm like
0: oh okay great but no what I did this time was I wrote it down everything and so anytime I felt like oh maybe I was wrong maybe I should text I looked into it and I was like oh I wasn't wrong it's so quick how you can forget and just oh, yeah, kind of justify it and make excuses I do that all the time
2: in other words, the mind is a very imperfect organ.
0: Yeah, I think writing it, writing things down. What I did, my dad said to me, he was like, from now on, he thinks I don't give nice guys a chance. From now on, I want you to write a list. And if they don't even match up to one part in that list, X, gone. So I wrote my list. Okay. But I had wrote a list before, but it wasn't, it was really basic stuff, so it needs to be more. And I think that's, yeah.
2: Anyway, write your list, people. I have a list. Do you? Yeah, it's got two words on it. Be hot. Maura Higgins. <laughs> 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 i'm only joking sorry curtis. i'm only joking curtis
0: it's curtis hot i want to google him
2: he's hot but he put on a few pounds in the in the villa but we gotta go
0: we do jesus oh my god i have to go meet my friend's sister
2: yeah i have to go uh and pee one more time and then
0: yes meet. you can okay. use the loo in my new apartment yes. i love it isn't it nice
2: it's lovely and, yeah. and it, it, it's nice little near and my room.
0: roommate irish lads love my roommate She's, a, she's from Peru and I brought her up to Woodlawn wood one time and all my old school f- a bunch of guys I went to school with but I'm not friendly with were all there like I'd be friendly but I'm not friends and oh my god they were like she's just so beautiful <laughs> they were all trying oh to get yeah. her attention yeah. like the, and like the, the accent darkness. yeah darkness. they like the accent and all
2: she's right, well, beautiful go. lips okay. let's go before I wet myself bye bye so thanks everyone for listening thank you Katie for really being quite honest actually and uh, I thought it was a pretty cool app. thought it was very interesting. You never know the way a conversation is going to go. Um, truth be told, we actually had discussed quite a lot more themes uh, from the TED Talk. But I didn't include them because both of us were actually kind of waffling quite a bit. And I just thought to myself, Esther Perel describes them way better than we do. So... Let's not bore our listeners with our own sort of inexperienced take on uh, the stuff that she was articulating really well. So I do recommend that you listen to that TED Talk. Uh, it's Esther Perel TED Talk about the, uh, that, that Joanne had mentioned last week. Some of you perhaps had already uh, listened to it, but I listened to it because of that. Uh, anyway, at Katie Boyle Comic, add Katie. Feedback to Katie uh, on that. Feedback to me on at this bishop on Instagram or you can email contact the shift at gmail.com. Not a lot of people using that, but we do like, uh, we do like feedback. Um, we did have a little bit of a bump in listeners, uh, for whatever reason. And, um, so we appreciate, uh, we appreciate all our new listeners. Thank you for being with us. Uh, if you haven't, please do give us the old five star review on iTunes and leave a comment if possible, even just a like amazing, great, Uh, Both of them are so sexy If you could do that, that'd be great I just do leave a comment Um, Other than that As always, check out Katie's Instagram For where she's doing shows Um, I'll be doing one more of my uh, Warm-up shows about uh, The show about my mom Which I now call Mia Mama And uh, it's uh, on August 20th At the Fat Black Pussycat At the Comedy Cellar We've done two now They've both gone really well Thanks to anybody who came to that We had a few shift listeners in uh, at the show. Katie uh, has been opening up for me for those, by the way. And um, yeah, I'm in the Mohegan Sun in September, if anybody's around for that. I'm back in Vegas, actually, in September, too, at the Comedy Cellar. And then I'm back doing the second half of the Fitting In. Fitting In. Duh. Take the Points. Fitting In was fucking 2004, 2005. Uh, Take the Points Tour uh, back in Ireland, starting in October uh, through to December. And then the new show in the new year. Anyway, guys, whatever. Yap, yap, yep, yap. Yep, yep. Spread the word about the podcast, guys. Great things going on. Love you all. Have a good day.
1: Hold up.